Hello, Body Mind Soul Seekers. I'm jumping on here to introduce you to a different sort of episode this week, which is a part one, which is what you will hear today, and a part two, which will be which will be released to you next week. Because I want to start sharing with you a little bit more personally on the pod and let you know what's going on behind the scenes. You see, I've been building Dr. Body, Mind, Soul for the past couple of years now, using this platform to discuss rather than dismiss alternative therapies, all while working as an A&E doctor, which, to be honest, has been really challenging at times for my body, mind and soul. And I found myself at a bit of a crossroads, wondering whether or not I need to leave the medical profession to truly fulfill my mission. And luckily enough, I have a friend, Sarah Weiler, who hosts a podcast called Knowing When to Quit. Because quitting or ending anything brings up a lot of emotions and may or may not be what is required in any given moment. It is tricky terrain to navigate and Sarah is here to help us do just that. So today's episode is a conversation on her podcast that we recorded about a year ago now. And next week, you will hear a coaching session that we had together last month. And let me tell you now, it is very real and very raw. I really hope you enjoy the insights from these episodes and get a better understanding of where I'm coming from, where I've been, and how I want to support you all moving forward. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Dr. Body, Mind, Soul podcast. My name is Dr. Jude, and this is a podcast which explores how we can integrate modern medicine and alternative therapies to help you get the holistic healthcare that you deserve. I will be speaking to healers and seekers, researchers and authors who will share their experiences and the evidence to help guide us all to holistic health. Let's do this. Hi everyone and welcome to Knowing When to Quit. I'm Sarah Weiler, I'm a TEDx speaker, coach and creative multi-passionate and I've spent the last six years fascinated with our relationship to quitting. In this podcast, I invite people to share moments they wanted to quit, how they navigated the uncertainty and what it taught them about what's important to them. Wherever you're at with your own quitting decisions, I hope you can keep choosing the people, places and projects that really light you up. Thank you for being here. Holding on, I am so excited about today's episode, which is part one of a two-part series with Dr. Jude Galea. She's an A&E doctor of 20 years, the founder of the Witchy Women platform, and host of the podcast Dr. Body, Mind, Soul, both of which help people inform themselves about alternative therapies away from Western medicine. Jude is changing the conversation about medicine, and in the process, going through a big personal transformation around her identity as a doctor. 
The episode you're going to hear today was recorded exactly a year ago in May 2022, when Jude was taking a break from being an A&E doctor and living in Mexico, setting up her business. At this point a year ago, she's very much still weighing up whether she should leave the medical profession, and she can see the pros and cons for both leaving and staying, which we'll explore in the episode. In next week's episode, we will see where she's got to one year on in terms of the decision to leave. And the process of putting these two episodes side by side really highlighted to me just how hard the decision to quit can be. And it's rarely an overnight decision. It can be complex and it can take a lot of processing. So thank you, Jude, for sharing your story and allowing us to accompany you in your exploration of what it means for you to quit or remain in the medical profession. I also know Jude is sharing this podcast episode on her podcast platform. So if you're listening there, welcome to this very special two-part episode of Knowing When to Quit. Jude, buenas tardes. You are in sunny Mexico, um, looking very tanned and beautiful and radiant. How are you feeling today? (laughs) Yeah, it's, um, it's early morning here. I've woken up, I've had a swim and um, which I do every morning here. And I just find that really sets me up for, for the day. So I'm feeling refreshed. I'm feeling um, excited to share this conversation and explore this topic with you. Mm. And how does it feel to be exploring your decision to quit medicine? It feels edgy, Mm. I think. It feels edgy to be having this conversation aloud. Yeah. I feel it's a conversation I've had in my head for such a long time, and it's something that's been a recurring theme in my life, but to be verbalizing it and to be in the process of embodying um, this decision in some way feels edgy feels Mm. big yeah and for that I thank you for being open to this conversation and as we just before we started you said you know I'm still in process with this so let's start with with you as a doctor tell me about Jude the doctor Jude the doctor um It's interesting you frame it like that, because I think being a doctor, being any professional, um, you really do take on um, the role as part of your identity. Mm. It's an identity which takes up a lot of space, um, both in terms of time and energy and commitment. And also there's something around space within... Within, the, within our identities that that role consumes, Jude, the doctor. Um, there's something around that in society and the status through which the doctor has um, and therefore which I, by proximity to that title, um, take on mm. that um, takes up space. Um, and that's actually something I really struggled with for a really long time. And she reminds me of when we were on that New Year's Eve retreat and someone asked us both, what do you do? Where well, we were both like, Argh! and afterwards you were like, it's because when I say I'm a doctor, people have all, they put all of this stuff on me. What, what is the stuff people put on you? 
Um, there's a lot of associations, you know, with 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 um, they assume I feel like they assume I'm I'm clever. They assume I'm benevolent. They assume I'm a martyr. They assume I'm um, kind. There's, there's so many assumptions that are made um, when I introduce myself and my job title um, that that I struggle with, how true are those statements? So I've grappled with the status of the doctor for a long time and the associations through which people seem, or I assume people assume Mm -hmm. um, I am because that is my role. Yeah. Well, talk to me about when you first started to have an inkling that you didn't want to be a doctor. Oh gosh. <laughs> now you're really you're really taking me back because I've had a long and complicated yeah. relationship to 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 the profession. I come from a family of doctors, both my parents are doctors, and I have several doctors within my extended family as well. So um, it's a profession that again, the status of which is revered. Um, And there was something in me that was attracted to that. Um, And as I headed into my teenage years and I was choosing my subjects and um, I was sort of preparing myself to go to university, I was focused into that is what I want to do. So I was was, I'm going to get good grades, I'm going to do sciences so that I can go to medical school. And then I noticed, you know, my dad's pride within that. And because my relationship with him was starting to become fractured, like many teenage relationships with their parents do, I sort of conflated and Mm. sort of tangled these emotions and then projected um, my distaste for the association with status and the medical profession onto him rather than actually owning it within myself. So... I became confused and I became conflicted. I became conflicted around my choice and why I was making that choice to do medicine. And that really affected the relationship I had with it throughout medical school. Um, I actually left medical school halfway through. Um, I informed the university I was leaving after second year. I just wasn't enjoying it. And I just was really fighting against the, the status doctors had within society um, and not wanting to automatically take that on because I'd chosen this vocation. And yet there was something alluring about it. Mm. I mean, it's something that was alluring to me um, subconsciously that I, was, that I was really in conflict with. That was where the actual conflict lay. I applied to do psychology um, at St. Andrews University and I um, got in through clearing. Um, this is after the second year. This after is after leaving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I was packing up my room and the, and I was really, I was really happy, but I was also, I was conflicted, but I was relieved. And um, the Dean called me in to the university and, and we had a chat and he was like a really, really think this is the wrong time for you to go. You're about to start your clinical years. You can complete after one year and get a bachelor's. You know, why are you starting a whole new degree? 
And there was part of me that was frustrated that I was being talked back into medical school and, and part of me that that must have felt that that was the right thing for me to do because I went back. So I went back and I decided, you know, I needed to shake my attitude up a little bit if I was going, if I accepted that I was going to go back. Um, and I completed the the degree and then in order for you for the degree to be of any real practical use you have to work for um two years to get registered so I did that um and then I thought right I'm going off to Australia and my intention then was that I'm actually going to go to Australia I'll work as a doctor but my intention is to find something else that I actually oh, really want to do so um, Did you have any idea at that point what the something else might be? I had no idea what the something else might be. And in fact, I bought, uh, <laughs> I put a deposit down on a chai van at one point. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because I thought, you know, I was, I, was, uh, I was like, I just want to be free. I want to travel. I want to go follow my bliss. Like I, um, I don't want to be wrapped up in this status. Mm. Um, I want to discover who I am beneath that. So the status, um, which was the alluring thing, suddenly oh. wasn't, wasn't, it kind of, it sounded like that transition to be something you rejected. It was, and I was in constant conflict. Yeah. I was in constant conflict. And yeah. I projected that onto my father, but in fact, it was very much within me. Mm. Um, so... So I put this deposit down for this chai van and the sale fell through and I was devastated that the sale, sale fell through because this was my ticket out. This is what I felt like. It was the first time I'd felt really excited about doing something other than medicine. But at the same time, the sale falling through was the best thing that could have happened because it made me really start to realise what medicine was actually giving me. Um, it was giving me the freedom to travel, um, and work anywhere in the world. It was giving me variety. It was giving me um, a degree of financial security and freedom. And these are things that I really enjoyed. And I was starting to do, um, I started uh, emergency medicine when I was out there. And I actually really enjoyed the process of diagnosis and I enjoyed working in a team. Mm. Um, and so I started to really realize what medicine was offering me. Wow. And at that point, that's when things really flipped. So I started to really... Um, Flip for the better. For the better. Yeah, so yeah. I started to really embrace what it was that medicine was, was offering me. And I started to really run with it. So then I used medicine to volunteer in Africa and I studied a master's in India and I've volunteered since then the Amazon and um, so I really you know was like medicine is offering me this ticket to, to go and travel and explore the world and see the world in a in a in a really in a deeper to a deeper lens than just wow. traveling and backpacking I, I I had so many incredible experiences I had so many incredible experiences you know working with flying doctors yeah 
um, working down this mercy ship, just seeing the world, um, learning so many different things about um, disease, but also structures of healthcare systems and how health is positioned within structural systems and society and, and government and um, value um, within countries. And I was starting just to understand and process where the doctors sit, where doctors sit, um, where they, what their role mm. is and all of these sort of questions. So, which very much informs the work I do now and um, which I'm sure we'll get to, but Yes, my relationship was, had been complicated, you know, and then I, I, I moved to London. I worked in one of the biggest trauma centres in the world, actually, in London. Um, really, you know, getting stuck in, as they say, you know, just really experiencing what um, any emergency medicine, med- medics dream is to work in a centre like that. And you were featured on 24 Hours of a and weren't you? Didn't they feature you one episode? <laughs> They did, they did, they did. I was on 24 hours in A&E and <laughs> it's really, really in the thick of like London, A&E, um, yeah. major trauma centres, like really, um, really embracing the experience that emergency medicine could offer. Um, but, and, but at that time, I guess, like I, I, was, I was doing that and I was still questioning, is this, what I truly want to be doing, mm. you know, what part of this is my ego driving me to um, complete and what, what part is my ego and what part is my heart? Yeah. I think, I, I think that's always been my question because mm. I think that's always been the conflict. My ego has really driven me to do medicine and to, you know, for, for status. And there's been that drive, um, that's pulled me back and so that it's very ego it's, it's always been quite ego and the problem has always the conflict has always been my heart it's like what, what what does my heart want and I've ne- when you're in a profession like medicine with when there's exams and so many demands on time and energy is there's very little space for the heart to express itself especially doing emergency medicine when you're working shifts um, constantly and I was moving around the world all all the time mm. so again just distracting me from my from myself um and when I came to London I I knew I needed to stop and pay attention to what was going on there I felt a nagging um feeling that I just wasn't happy mm. I didn't feel happy I just felt exhausted by the goals I was constantly setting myself and I kind of had set myself up um, as I'd feared in a way. Mm. I think I'd set myself up as I'd feared I would and get really embroiled in the ego of the doctor journey, um, which I think is present. And what toll did that take on you? to be constantly setting goals, to be in this drive? It just disconnected me from who, it just disconnected me from my body, from my heart. So I, I felt exhausted, frustrated, questioning. And I actually went to see your sister. Um, 
who was offering life coaching at that time and I was on a real um my sister and your sister were friends and my sister said you know what why don't you go and speak to to Kate and I was like okay so I did and and it was really useful to start to understand the process of what I wanted mm-hmm. and what I was what what of what I wanted and start start to sort of start to understand what it is what what it is what that I was craving um and at that time I was also using exploring all sorts of alternative therapies gong baths arts mm-hmm. transpersonal psychotherapy I was like sampling everything that London had to offer to allow me to start exploring what is beneath my ego who was I without this title you know and I think that's the question I was always Mm. always asking always asking so there was a few steps I knew I had to take in order for me to quit if even if that was ever going to be on the cards and so I started taking making those steps Mm. in preparation because part of it was I wanted to finish the exams I'd set myself but the ego journey had to complete and so the and not only from a practical not only from an ego perspective but from a practical perspective because I knew finishing the exams would then afford me the time I would be able to work freelance which I did as soon as I could Mm. and working freelance allowed me to extend the period of time I was able to explore um, myself in a deeper way so I could understand the role that medicine was offering. And I was actually really grateful that I was in a profession that I was able to have flexibility within once the exams had been completed, that I was able then to explore to the degree that I was able to explore. And I still am grateful mm. to, to the profession for offering me um, a really masculine support. Yeah. Right. talk about the transition now so you were starting to explore all of these alternative therapies what happened next I was starting to explore I I went to I started to pay attention to what I was reading what I was talking about what I was listening to on podcasts what I was you know what I was consuming on all levels. So where was my time and energy going naturally? What mm. did I feel drawn to naturally? And that sort of set, set up this sort of exploration of who I was. And it took me to Colorado and I started studying the deep psychology of intimate mm-hmm. relationships. And um, it took me to um, uh, transpersonal psychology um, deepening the relationship with myself, and and I was me- and I was going to all sorts of yoga retreats and um, plant medicine retreats mm. um, to really start exploring who who I was, and it was through that journey that I started to question and started to realize like why, as a doctor who's seeing patients in need of help, do I not know 
about all these healers that I have been going to myself. Because I was seeing so many patients and I continue to see so many patients um, in A&E who are presenting with physical symptoms, but with emotional components. And I felt unable to be able to refer them to the healers that mm. I had been experiencing myself. So I was starting to question why, why is that? Like, why do, or why are we not taught that in medical school? So there was a sort of a, a lead of, of curiosity there. Why isn't it taught, do you think? Because we're taught medicine. And I think we are taught one way through which, like we're taught one modality. And the modality is a pharmacological, a pharmacological model. So every disease has a pharmacological um, solution in our paradigm. And that is how we're taught. We're taught one way. It's, it's just one, it's one approach, but it is one approach. The problem, I think, is with, with the status that the doctor holds within the Western world and also um, that paradigm, you know, that, that the status that that paradigm holds. Um, as being the best or the only way in which a disease is is treated. And now that's one that I really wish to challenge through my own personal experience. Um, so I was starting to explore all these themes and I was sort of delving deep into myself. And this question around alternative therapies and their place within common parlance and society and the relationship that medicine holds to them and my attitude towards them before I experienced them was all coming to the surface. And I was also exploring what my personal values were and health was still really strongly mm -hmm. there, you know, and so was learning. Like, so was learning. Um, it was clear to me that I loved to learn, but it was just the way in which I was learning that felt exhausting. And I started to explore how I like to learn and it was through conversation. And um, so I started just to follow these leads and be like, okay, well, I still want to learn, but what do I want to learn about? Oh, I really want to learn about all these alternative therapies. And I really want to learn. I started to then see there was actually lots of evidence to support their use and I thought well why again why are we not taught this like why are we not taught this why are we just taught such a narrow approach um and it was putting all of these pieces together that led me to the retreat I went to over New Year that we sort of mentioned before in 2019 and we came across a lady there who had you know totally transformed her life and followed her purpose writing a book um and I thought to myself if I was to do something similar like what would it be right now like what is that what what is it and it was there that the idea was sort of conceived I said, I would just like to be the bridge between these worlds, you know, because I 
don't automatically dismiss anymore the power of non-pharmaceutical options. Um, Did you originally then? Yes, because historically, it's just, yeah. it, I historically did because it's just it's it's the way that we're taught, mm. like, and the it's the way that we're taught very subversively. So it's and it's it's very subversive. Um, so this is a big thing for you to be challenging it in your profession. In my profession, yeah, it, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in my profession, yeah. Because, because it's an automatic dismissal of anything non-pharmacological without actually examining the evidence. Um, but there's an automatic dismissal and an automatic suspicion over any other approach than the medical model. What's been the journey to being the bridge? So it's taken sort of two forms. One it's, it's a real bridge that goes between both worlds, the allopathic world and the alternative world. And I really would love to bring people in on both sides, both being the gateway for those who, for patients who would like to explore alternative therapies, but need, feel that they need some, they need permission to explore it. And a doctor, because of their status, this is the interesting part, because of their status, can actually guide someone to that and give permission to explore non-pharmaceutical options when Western medicine, if and when Western medicine reaches its limits, or in fact, it's the approach you wish to take. So I just want to be able to support someone in making a choice that's in line with their own values um, and encourage them to try a non-pharmaceutical option if that is what they would like to do. There's a place for Mm -hmm. them. And also for doctors as well, it's like to offer the evidence that supports the use of alternative therapies so that they can feel more confident in referring patients on to other Mm. healers Um, because they feel stuck as well. You know, when 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 they can't help, it puts them in a perilous Mm. situation and that dynamic is is gnarly it's you know it doesn't feel good on either side and so it's to offer um offer um viable options which is backed by evidence so i understand what's required on both systems mm, yeah um, such a strong position side. um and it's interesting because the status piece that i'd always been really grappling over is now what actually I'm so grateful for you know it's actually it's being able to use my background and my training and the status to which a doctor holds in order to support people in a way that feels good to me so it's really in line with my own values and I think that's just been the game changer and that's been the real journey yeah I love that it's like a final integration of what the status means but in a in a really like heart-centered way yes there's the, the, the it's it's truly understanding the, the the well it's understanding the role of the doctor it's understanding the and the authority of, of of the doctor and how important that piece is and using that in a way that i think truly supports yeah and um, people to make informed choices 
so I started Dr. Body, Mind, Soul, um, and that initially was going to be just a, a, a podcast because I understood that I continued to love to learn and I love doing that through conversations. So I thought, right, I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going to learn about the things that really, really um, excite me. And so I have incredible conversations with all sorts of um, interesting minds who are doing research on alternative therapies. Um, so I get to explore and examine all of this stuff, which I absolutely love. Um, and I'm also building, I've just brought a researcher on board to the team um, so that we can start to really explore the evidence. Um, so we can look at the Western way and we can look at an alternative approach from in an evidence-based perspective and integrate the two. So have a look at, you know, where the similarities are, where the differences are and what the, and what the takeaways can be if you want an integrative approach. Mm. Um, so it's not to throw the baby out with the bathwater, it's to make an informed choice. Um, you know, you can take a pill for your, for your blood pressure, but if you want to try a non-pharmaceutical approach, there is evidence to say X, Y, and Z works mm. as an equivalent to this. So it's, it's, then it empowers you to make the choice that you wish to make, and there's no judgment there. So Dr. Body, Mind, Soul is very much the doctor side of things. It's, you know, it, it's looking at the evidence, it's information, it's learning, all these qualities that are, I associate with my doctor role. And I've just launched a platform called The Witchy Women, which is a platform which elevates the expertise and experience of holistic healers. So it's so that we can find out about all the healers that we have within our community that I didn't know about on this journey and um, when I started um, looking for help myself. But there are so many healers within the community who love dealing with problems that doctors traditionally don't because there's not a good pharmaceutical solution mm -hmm. to the problems that they solve so that we can better guide through that uh, world because it's a huge topic. And at the moment, we don't know who, you know, who these healers are, what they do, who they serve, what conditions they treat. And this is a platform to try and help us navigate that, that space. Mm -hmm. um, again, so we can make informed choices about our health. And we put on workshops every week so that people can actually experience these healing modalities for themselves because they may never have tried them. They may not have tried them before. And I've noticed that, you know, not everybody needs or wants or values an evidence-based approach like a doctor needs to. Yeah. So actually the experience and the relationship that they have with their healer is really therapeutic in itself. So I really want to offer the, the, the opportunity to people to actually experience something and if it feels good to them, to follow that. Yeah. Allow, allow themselves to follow that. The evidence will catch up and there's lots of reasons why evidence isn't gathered in these fields. Yeah. So just to be really skeptical and really just, you know, and and you know, it doesn't mean that it's not effective. It means it hasn't been studied and there's all sorts mm. of like that is the case. So it's just to keep a really open mind and trust your experience. And if it yeah. makes you feel better, then follow that. So, it's, so 
we also provide these workshops to offer the opportunity to try these holistic health healing um, modalities to also try and address the um, some of the access to holistic health care mm-hmm. because I know that it's expensive you know yeah. from my own personal journey it's expensive to access these healing modalities um, and this is a really affordable way to try um, holistic healing modalities and to also um, ask questions and find um, other people who have used holistic healing modalities to ask them questions just so that you can navigate the space better yeah. and help you find a holistic um, healing modality that resonates with you quicker yeah. um, without having to trail through so many different ones that often Same. is the journey. Yeah, it's incredible what you've built and like just huge congrats, you know, to, to think that that was only the idea was seeded at New Year's Eve just before 2020. And since then, we've had a pandemic. The fact that you've got, you know, I think you're, on, you're nearly on your third series of the podcast and you've launched this incredible pr- platform. So, you know, you're really living and breathing being the bridge. And I, I really love what you said there about trusting, trusting whether something works for you. I wanted to speak to this word healer. I mean, I have connotations of what that means, but I I also imagine you're using it in a bit more of a broader sense. Could you speak to what it means to be a healer in 2022? Interesting. That's so interesting. Uh, And what is healing? Yeah. Yeah. I think what my understanding of, 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 of healing is the journey through which you come back to wholeness. Mm. And a healer is someone who facilitates that. And I mean that to, you know, what does that mean? Like, what does <laughs> that mean? I think the body has infinite intelligence. And it is always trying to repair it was always trying to bring us back into homeostasis, so balance, and it's always, it's our ability to repair is insane. So often we are able to repair ourselves um, given the right conditions and the conditions being within our parasympathetic nervous system. So when our body is, is, is allowed to switch from our sympathetic to our parasympathetic systems. It allows us to rest and digest, but it's mm. also allowing us to repair. And so, so many of these healing modalities are shifting us from our sympathetic systems to our parasympathetic systems, which allows our immune system to function optimally and allows us to, our bodies to actually enter a state of healing and um, repair. Mm. restoration um, rejuvenation that the body is fully capable of doing um, but we so often don't provide the conditions to allow it to do that because we don't give it enough sleep mm. um, because we are working in a really stressful environment because we lead really stressful lives yeah um, we're always in like high alert right and we're then always it, in high yeah. alert, we're always in our sympathetic yeah system i mean the news is on 
where you know there's so many stimuli that are that is making us really in a constant state of, of fight and flight that actually like our body um our body cannot flip into its 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 healing its healing state mm. and yet when we allow that to happen um our body takes care of so much of itself that's so wonderful and i i wanted to give us a chance to talk a bit about one of the healing journeys you've been on specifically plant medicine because one of the prompts for this conversation was that the last time you worked with plant medicine you came out of it and were like i have to quit medicine as in being a doctor obviously it's quite interesting these two words of medicine because we're very different meanings but I, I suppose I'd love to hear about like the role that you found ayahuasca has played in this whole decision with your career. And if you mm. could share like that moment as well, I would, I just would love to hear. Yeah. I mean, ayahuasca for me has been central to mm. this whole journey. So when I went on my first retreat in Peru, um, it was actually a conversation I had with a fellow um, retreater who said, I just can't believe you're a doctor you're, and you, you're doing things like this. You have such an interesting perspective having had all the alternative therapies you have. And I'd never really understood that. And I just suddenly thought, okay, that's interesting. And that just planted a seed. Mm. And then I went to Costa Rica and did another plant medicine retreat, literally just mu- weeks after the retreat we went on yeah. um, together. So it was fe- late February, 2020. Oh yeah, it's just before um, lockdown, wasn't it? Just before lockdown. I was in Costa Rica and did my second, um, did my second retreat. And it was, then I was asking, I, I just got a very clear message that what I needed to do is follow my purpose. And so I asked her to support me. And soon after um, the retreat, a few days after the retreat, I just got an enormous download of the podcast, all the episodes that were going to be on it, um, all the titles, the mission, the Mm. vision, everything. And when you say a download for people who maybe only think of (laughs) tech with that, what do you mean by a download? In it's an ayahuasca like tech, It's almost technological. I sat yeah. on my laptop and then I literally couldn't stop typing. And I felt like this was not coming from me. It was coming through me. It was just, I was just typing. And I I typed maybe like, like 25 pages of just like all, every, it was wow. just like, oh my gosh, it, it's all there. That's Dutch Body, Mind, Soul. That, That's incredible. So like, efficient. Oh. It, was, it, was, it literally was just like, here we go. after that you know and then after that the journey then began and and I I was just it was very clear it was the message was very clear of just follow your purpose and it was giving me permission you know it was giving me permission to and it allowed me to connect with the excitement and the support Mm. I had to do that and from inside so (laughs) when you can use this or you cannot use this because it sounds really out there but you know when I was like do I follow Dr. Body Mind Soul is Dr. Body Mind Soul my purpose I had this like whole herd of, of ponies of like my little ponies with these wings and they were just flapping and they were just like, <laughs> like they're really 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 encouraging me 
And I was like, wow, like what? And, um, but I think that's, that was the butterflies of excitement within mm. me that was being expressed and visualized in that way. Um, but isn't that a great, like follow your excitement, like follow, follow that excitement. So, so I had, so, so I was very clear about following my purpose. And when I got home, I just, I really did that. So as you say, lockdown happened literally weeks, a week when I got back. And I just got my head down, you know. So you're still working as an A&E doctor at this point, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I I worked throughout the pandemic, like, it's full on, you know, it's obviously full on. But I also had no other distractions. I was working Mm. and I was, and I, and I came home and I would work on this project and I was just really, really dedicated. And um, by the end of the year, I launched the first season. So the first season came out, I think, of the podcast, which was like, in November of that year and as you say we're heading to the third season recording for that this week I went on retreat again um recently so a couple of months ago and it was a retreat specifically for change makers so I was just really clear that I wanted to I wanted to bring myself into full alignment with what my mission is here so I just wanted to ensure I was in alignment because when we're in alignment with and we feel so um, clear about what we're doing and our thoughts, minds, and bodies are, mm. are, are in alignment with, with, with that, then we can move really clearly. Yeah. The whole process of this retreat was to bring you into alignment and then clear the path so that you can move forward with a lot with confidence and make impact. So I was like, right, this retreat is for me. I did six ceremonies on this retreat and I think it was the third ceremony. And Again, I mean, when, you know, I'm, I'm very aware and I'm great, so grateful for my medical training, my medical job, the flexibility I get with, with, with it. I love the work I do. I love working in a buzzy team. I love the role that I have. Um, and I take the, the role and the status of the doctor really seriously. Mm. Um, I understand it. And so I understand what people need from that, from me within that role. And so I've been con- really conflicted as we've talked to all about t- today, but it's not, it's, it, I've loved so many aspects of the job um, and the role, but it's on my third journey and um, I just had this pain. I just was really, I just kept on being pulled into a pain I had in my stomach and I was being, my attention was being taken into this pain. And I thought, and I was like, oh, what, what's that? Like, you know, what, what, what's that pain? And, um, and it felt, it was, it was growing in intensity, the pain. And, um, and I was starting to realize that the pain felt like a pressure. So it was growing, it was hot, mm. it was inside. Um, and I was starting to be able to visualize this boil that was inside. I was supported to do a huge purge of, of the boil. And I thought, right, I need to get this out. <gasps> I need to get this. If this doesn't come out now, it's going to come out in life. So when you say you were supported, do you mean like by actual people who were there or just? 
by the healer, by the healer, he was in, yeah. uh, the, 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 by the, by the shaman. Yeah. So I could sense the shaman was aiding me to do that. Um, it was not through touch, it's through song. Yeah. Um, through vibrations. So I, I felt he was very much, um, supporting me to do it, but it was, a, it was hard. And, um, but I just got this massive voice that was like, this is what you're here to do. And I was like, whoa. And then this huge vomit came up. Oh, wow. And it was like, and I was very clear that that was bringing me into alignment. And this was like, this is what needs to be clear. And I think since then and integrating, integrating um, that experience and what it means um, for me and how how I'm going to use this information moving forward but it was just clear to me that to continue doing the work I want to do in the world which is be the bridge between the allopathic and the alternative I I need to I need to be the bridge rather than work on one side mm. and that working in a is no longer in alignment and there's so much that comes up with that. You know, there's so much that comes up with that. Um, but I've been so lucky in the last few months to experience what it's like to work in my new businesses um, full-time and not work in A&E. And it's been a really informative experience um, because I've when, when I've been living in, a, in alignment like I am now, so living... Um, in a situation that fully supports my energy, I'm able to bring so much creative energy, so much inspiration mm. to the project that, I, that I'm building. Um, and that's been huge. And that's just not possible when I'm working um, in a It's just not possible. I've said that I've wanted that I that, that I think would have supported me now I'm actually now it is like now it is so I wake up and have a swim I do yoga three times a week I'm sleeping really well I'm um and I can I feel the effects of that mm. and I feel the effects in my life I feel the effects in my body I feel the effects in my work like it's I'm 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 living my dream you know, I'm living my dream. And when that's a powerful thing and all things become possible within the dream space. And so when you're living in the dream space, all possibilities are open and it's a really exciting space to be in. And it's a space I wish to continue to be in. Um, and so working in any no longer feels energetically supportive. Um, and there'll be things I miss. There'll be things I miss a lot in lots of ways and there'll come a time where it will no longer make sense to keep hold of my registration for example mm. and that'll be a real time when I'm faced with like the quit mm. at the moment I still have this ego drive to complete the certification and so I'm going back to London in a, in a few weeks time I will go back to a &E, um, for two months and um 
But I think after, beyond that, I don't intend to go back to that work. Um, it no longer feels energetically aligned mm-hmm. with how I wish to operate in my life from moving forward. It doesn't align with my, my goals in yeah. all aspects of life anymore. That's it's so courageous to say pur- that. It served its purpose for me. Um, and I'm forever grateful. And I'm forever grateful for the opportunities it's given me. Forever grateful. Wow. Um, but it's no longer, it's just no longer energetically aligned. Um, and it's also no longer aligned with the work and with what, with what I wish to say. Yeah. What, and how I wish to show up and how I wish to challenge the construct that... that that is modern medicine so I feel in order to fully express and be of greatest service I need to be out with the system yeah um and what you're doing now it's like it is the research of when you try these different modalities and you try a different way you've taken yourself out of a burnout in A&E to be in Mexico to look after yourself, to be in the sun, to eat well, to swim. And look what it's, you're flourishing. You're like, you're absolutely, your business is taking off. And what better evidence for your own informing? Because if you're still in A&E being like, yeah, we should try other things. It's like, well, yeah, like there's so much more. Well, it's actually authority now in this side of things. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And I also have felt firsthand of what, misalignment does within the body mm. from the ayahuasca experience it causes illness it causes disease mm. it is like it is a boil of pus in our bodies that needs to come out and those i really that is where disease starts is from misalignment um when you said earlier about it's no longer energetically aligned again what do you mean by that I think having experienced life in vibration of my dreams, so living in the dream world. So I've been living in my dream world. Imagine, imagine, and imagine like what that feels like when you're living in your dream world and the possibilities that open up Mm. when you're living there. The thought of going back into a world where it's not in alignment of my dreams feels so jarring Mm. feels so jarring and there's a totally different energy to that you know there's a totally different vibration to that and it's not one I wish to um stay within I wish to keep myself living in my dreams it feels good to be here. I recently went back to teaching, as I think you know, for like in January after leaving 10 years ago. And it was so fascinating because everything that I saw from like a new, this new perspective that I'm now in about life and what's okay and like what feels good, it was so stark and actually a real gift. Although I, I was like, I cannot stay here, but just to really consolidate, oh no, I'm not, 
this isn't what I choose anymore. So there can also be a gift in like a real closure of like that that real like final no no hundred percent for you. Going. Interesting that you say that, and because that, because and I also it, there's also a real honouring. I also yeah, want yeah. really honour. So I really want to go back and I want to be really present with the experiences I um, have been able to mm. have um, within this within. The space as I say it's given me so much yeah I really want to honor the people that have helped me along the way I want to honor um my patients that I see I want to honor the staff that I work with I want to honor the profession I'm I just I want to honor the time so I do want to um soak it up mm. and I just want to really um be in real full gratitude for all it's given me and I think I, I, I think, as you say, it's going to make it really clear that yeah. it's no longer compatible with, with how I'm choosing to live and work. Yeah. Um, I really hear that throughout this conversation, just the reverence you have for your career in medicine. Do you ever think about what might have been if you hadn't gone back to medicine? Gosh, yeah, it was so it, it was so close. It was so close. <laughs> Um, you're so close uh, and I'm so grateful to the part of me that took that mm. leap because I think I knew subconsciously that the status of the doctor was important and would be important to me at some mm. point it's just how I used that that was important yeah. how I used that that was important so it's just I knew there's something to it and it's not just me and it's not just vanity. It, there's something there that like there's very, and, and, and it's, and it's manipulated, not manipulated. It's very much, um, it's manipulated even within society. So we see through the pandemic, how the presence of doctors um, were able to emphasize um, key messages because mm. the importance of the, there's an importance that the doctor holds so it's using that in a way that I feel supports supports my yeah, body. Best. I love that. But I'm really. It's taken a long time for me to integrate. Yeah. Um, integrate that, and yeah, I'm so grateful for the part of myself that subconsciously led me here. Yeah, and I just I want to acknowledge just how. You know, I know you said at the start or well, before we start recording, I'm in the middle of the process, and yet I hear. I, d- I really hear an integration as you speak of like mm-hmm. a real like arriving a real arriving and you've got this final two months it, there is there is a completion happening of this stage I don't know how there's it feels for you yeah there's a completion happening it's true I, I feel at the moment I'm really I'm 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 preparing the certification um process to achieve I really want to achieve a goal that I'd set myself for uh, Set, set myself a long time ago and I think once I achieve that I can really feel mm. um with with leaving I think the real the real test for me will be like um rescinding my registration yeah um that feels huge um and I'm not ready I'm not ready yeah. um at this stage to do that but I when would you have to do it um I don't know. Um, I don't know. I have to look into it. It's. It depends on how, if I want to do paying for it. 
So mm. I pay to, I, I'm currently paying to be registered on the General Medical Council's board and the Australian Medical Council's board. And there's a, there's a significant cost to that. So it, it, once I come off those boards, it's, 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 it's very, very, very difficult to call back on. Um, and it's expensive to stay on. So it's, 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 wow. going, it's going to come a point where it no longer makes sense to, to stay on, but that will feel huge to do um and I think and I and I trust that I know when the time is right to do that I will um but I'm not at that point yeah and you're on the bridge so there's no point you don't need to yet there doesn't you you you're holding both so it makes sense for you to still invest in that part of you because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it is it's mm-hmm. coming with you in this next bit well I'm so impressed with what you've created and I know it hasn't always been easy and I've seen you at many parts of this journey so it's really incredible to hear you at this place I'm just like really my heart is full for you mm, thank you so much your support means a lot um, and you, your journey actually has been inspirational to me, you know, seeing what is possible mm. and actually navigating uncertainty and um, making decisions and, 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 and understanding that, you know, the ups and downs and being so real around freelance life and, you know, the need for structure, but the need for play and mm. it, like all of, you know, your musings have given me permission to hold space for more than one for more than one um thing to be true oh, well that's really lovely to hear mm-hmm. oh cheers jude for everyone listening at check out jude's podcast check out the witchy women website um i'm not sure when this is going to be out but there, there will definitely be workshops we'll put anything in the show notes once it's out i just really want people to experience um a range of healing modalities that may open them up to something they wouldn't otherwise have tried that may be really beneficial for what they're going through amazing all right well Jude um I will just we'll say bye and then we can just stay on and actually say bye yeah do do a little cheeky fake bye no one will know (laughs) 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 I'm gonna keep this all in why not behind the scenes guys it's sometimes we chat after (laughs) imagine that um Jude, <laughs> this has been so lovely to chat to you. Um, and we're now going to have an after party on Zoom. But um, for the Yay. people at home listening, do you want to give us a, an adios from from Tulum? Yeah, ciao, 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 adios. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. Um, it's been really interesting to explore to explore this whole process actually and deepen my level of process with it. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you did, please go and listen to Sarah's podcast. You can find it on any podcast platform. Just search for Knowing When to Quit. My favorite episodes so far are Knowing When to Quit the Idea of Having Children and Giving Our Projects a Beautiful Ending. Please follow along or reach out to her if you find yourself at a crossroads and want some support knowing when to quit. And don't forget to tune into next week's episode where you can hear part two. 
Thank you for listening, Body, Mind, Soul Seekers. If you want to connect with trusted alternative therapists, learn more about what they do and how they can help you, check out my new holistic healthcare platform, The Witchy Women. Or if you are a holistic healer that wants to serve and help more people, book in a discovery call with me. Find more details at thewitchywomen.com. To show your support for this podcast, please share it with a friend or leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does make a difference. Thank you all so much. Until next time.